Green Future Growers, welcome to Season 3. I'm your host, Jackie Marie Beyer. If you're new to the show, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes for free or follow on your favorite podcast app. And let's get growing. Hey everyone, this is Jackie Marie Beyer, your host, here to help inspire you on your journey to create, grow, and enjoy a green organic oasis. So let's get growing. Hey, listeners, it is me live on the mic, Jackie Marie Beyer. It's technically Tuesday, June 29, 2021. I just got off the mic with Alan Burgo, who wrote The Forager Chef's Book of Flora. Recipes and techniques for edible plants from garden, field, and forest. He was so eloquent and just, I hope I did him justice. So I have three Chelsea Green publishing books to talk about today. Um, so there's Alan's book. That's just amazing. Jesse Frost books coming out July 20th. So you probably will hear some replays of his interviews and then I've also been reading Leah Penniman's Farming While Black, which is got to be one of my favorite books that I have read in 2021. She just like takes the whole, she's got black history in there that it's like a must read for every student, um, teacher, just like so many things, the way she puts it all together She's got inspiration for when you're in your garden. She talks about her education center. She talks about like everything you need to know on how to grow a tomato from start, plant a carrot, like what your soil should look like, like how far they should be spaced out, what tools you're going to need, how to deal with interns, like anything you possibly want to know about gardening, farming. If you're a market farmer, you've got to get her book. Um, just support her. I'm so in love with, I wish I would have got farming while black when I first interviewed her. I had no idea. Somebody recently recommended it and I bought it and I was just, it just is amazing. Especially like I did this whole, I spent a lot of the pandemic, um, reading books about, you know, like black lives matter and black history and just different, um, people of color authors. You know, one of my favorites was when they call you a terrorist by Patrice Colors, I think is her name. One of the founders of the black lives movement. I guess there's also the movement for black lives, um, which is a little bit different, but if you're interested in social justice, I can't wait to release my interview I did with, um, Kat who's down in Arizona, I think, or New Mexico, who talks about being a woofer and, but she's working on like a social justice program for helping break the, um, you know, systematic prison, a pipeline movement, especially, uh, I'm having a personal thing with one of my students from years ago right now, who just recently, um, was sent to prison. I'm just heartbroken over it and spoke with his mom. And of course it's mental health issues. And, um, just, there's that whole piece. Like we just need more compassion. We need way more mental health in our country. 
And one of the great ways to do that is, you know, helping. And Leah Petterman talks about that. They have a program where they were able to um, get prisoners to come do 50 hours on their farm and take some classes and learn. So not only are they gaining a skill because they're learning how to be gardeners, but they're also able to, you know, get out of that um and that's another thing, like even when I just read Kamala Harris's book, which I wish I would have read before the election, she talks about, and I think I've mentioned this a few times, being a compassionate prosecutor. Um, and also in the uh, When They Call You a Terrorist book by Patrice, people who get out of prison and the how hard it is to then get a job and how hard it is to make a living after you've been released to prison, not to mention how many people have been picked up and put in prison for, you know, our crazy cannabis laws that were, you know, created by the, uh, what's his name that owned the forest and wanted to sell the newspapers and wanted to cut down the trees and didn't want him to grow for paper, I mean, it's just crazy, our history in the United States. And so when you're celebrating your 4th of July, like I didn't, I wanted to say something on Juneteenth with the new June 19th holiday. Um, and so I'm just kind of trying to tie it all together today with these three, but, and then Jesse Frost, another, the great market farmer, the no-till movement. Um, his book is coming out July 20th. So anyway, um, for the 4th of July, I hope that you will be, you know, just appreciating our freedoms that we have and your time in the garden and what you can do to, um, you know, care for our planet. Like that's what I love. I've been writing birthday cards to a lot of my guests this year. I always wanted to send them a thank you note. And I just thought, there's no way I can afford that. It would be so expensive to buy the stamp and print the cards and everything. But um, this year, by, by doing the birthday card thing, it's just been like, you know, a few cards each month. And and just getting to, like, think about my guest and send them a little personal message has been... Um, I don't know, just a, just an interesting way to end this pandemic year and kind of, I always used to be really big on birthdays and then I, I kind of got away from it. And so it's really nice to get back into that. I don't know where I'm going and sending them a piece of our garden. Usually like I'm sending everybody a painting from Mike and Mai's garden. That was the other thing I wanted to talk to you about how much time I've spent in the garden this year, like because of the pandemic, I don't know. When I was in New York visiting my mom and um, hanging out with Eileen from Eileen Catron, the Golden Lister of the Year, because even after we went to visit her, we were like texting and calling each other. And just it seems like our friendship has really blossomed since I got to see her garden. And I learned so much from her, even like on Facebook, I'm constantly learning from her. And then my own piece, I got this landscaping job when I came back. And so I've been like, helping this woman who built this new house. She wants to plant a greenhouse and she's got like her whole landscape, like the house, like it's just totally torn up. And it's so weird because like 
I have never felt so confident that I know exactly what she should do. But of course, you know, I've lived in Montana for 27 years. I know how hard it is to build a house and start from scratch. You know, we were six years without running water. And then even when we put our first well in, it wasn't, you know, we certainly couldn't garden and we could barely keep like one bed growing. Now, even with the second well, Mike and I are still like, it's just constant. I'm done watering. Are you watering? Like we're yelling from one part to the other. Mike takes care of the mini farm and his hoop houses. And then I'm kind of trying to handle like the orchard and the beds around the garden. But I've grown more this year. So my goal this year, if you remember, was to grow more marigolds, idiots, snapdragons, and sunflowers, which I kind of bombed on the sunflowers, but Mike picked that up. But I did get more marigolds, zinnias, and snapdragons. And so if you are listening and it's July 1st and you haven't planted anything or you're struggling to still get that garden going, I'm really going to encourage you to check out two books, these other two books. Melissa Norris's, you know, the family garden plan where she talks about pick one thing. What's one thing that you can grow? Tomatoes or, um, you know, lettuce or just carrots or like, what's one? Th- oh, and that was the other thing this year on YouTube live. There was this woman and she just, the smile on her face when she's like, my carrots sprouted, my carrots sprouted. Like the only thing she grew this year was carrots and that they sprouted and they're coming up. Just her excitement was so, so don't overwhelm yourself. If you're just starting out, don't think you're going to grow an entire homestead this year. Just pick one thing. It's not too late to plant a seed. Another thing I've heard from listeners is um, their struggle with herbs. They tried to grow an herb and they couldn't. Well, I've killed more plants, as many plants this year as I've grown. I'm still like, but I also like my arugula that I planted the beginning of March in these just two pots that have been down in my little greenhouse. I just brought them into the house house the other day. They're not outside at all. The ones I transplanted outside, bolted, they're just gone to seed. The bees are growing the flowers. I'm going to keep the seed so I don't have to spend so much on arugula seed next year. But I just took a tub literally last week and put a new set of arugula seeds in it. Cause I keep thinking these two pots are, can't possibly keep going, but I'm surprised. Like I just pick a very small bouquet of arugula, like every two to three days out of these pots, they are still growing. And when I say pots, they're probably 10 inches in diameter, um, maybe 10 inches tall that Mike planted for me back in March one of them, I took half of it and planted out in the garden. And like I said, it bolted, but the rest of it has just filled in. And these two pots have kept me going, um, with plenty of arugula for my salads, for my sandwiches. Um, and so the other day, Mike and I went down and picked the spinach. The spinach is just about to bolt. Then he has the spinach in the mini farm where I generally do not like to go because I don't want to pick anything that's down in the ground. I want raised beds. I want something I can sit on the edge of. Uh, I can't stand like the dirt in my shoes walking 
in between his rows. Like, even though he's got lots of mulch down, I just feel like my feet get super dirty in there. You know, some of his things haven't grown enough, so there's still dirt while he's waiting to mulch them. Like, the cucumbers are just barely, like, you know, there's just two leaves popping out of the ground. So, um just think i can't believe how much his mini farm has grown now that being said like the peas i feel like like i'll go out the driveway and by the time i come back in the driveway after going to town they're like three inches taller like things are growing like crazy in montana we've had three days of a hundred degree heat or we're in the middle of like a week of a hundred degree heat it's just it is all about staying cool watering super early he's been out there like just at the break of dawn five o'clock in the morning watering for hours and then um this week oh today he finally brought in the radishes the purple white and red radishes that are so good and megan came uh taught me a couple years ago that you can actually slice radishes and saute them which i never knew you could do i always thought radishes you just ate raw so eating sautéed radishes, um, the spinach has just been amazing. The other day I made, what did I do? I fried two eggs. Oh, this is my other secret. Did you know that coconut oil? Like, I've never been a big fan of coconut oil or is that what it is? Coconut oil, whatever that white thing that you buy, the jar of. But I keep mine in my fridge. I know Daisy keeps hers on her counter. Maybe you can keep it on the counter, but... Like, you only need the tiniest, itty-bitty little bit. Like, it seems way more expensive than olive oil. But actually, because you only need, like, the tiniest little bit of coconut oil to cook eggs. And, and like, if you want something fried really crispy, I feel like it crisps things up better. Just, like, I am so in love with coconut oil. Like, a grilled cheese made with coconut oil instead of... um you know, butter generally burns it, like olive oil kind of gives it a funky taste, avocado oil, super expensive, coconut oil is so much, in in many ways, it's more affordable because you only need the tiniest little bit, I just can't believe, I wish I would have known that secret, so I've been cooking things in more coconut oil, the spinach has just been incredible, when I was talking to Alan, I was telling him, <laughs> if I have to pick the spinach, I'm not leaving this um, orac that just comes up all over the wild spinach anywhere because the leaves are like three times as big. They are just just as sweet. They almost have like a sweet peppery flavor. Mixes right in with my spinach. So good. Um, lamb's quarters, another one that grows wild around here that you can mix right in with your spinach. So... I blanched some of it, but the rest of it, I've just been like eating like crazy. Like, so we've had a huge, much bigger spinach harvest than we ever have, which I'm surprised. Mike's like, you bought these spinach seeds. I'm like, I don't remember buying spinach because usually I just grow beet greens and then switch to Swiss chard when it comes up. Um, let's see my kale bed. So I finally followed Lisa Ziegler's cover the kale with, um, the Agribond, which I'm kind of frustrated with because you got to take the Agribond off to water. Uh, but Mike did help me get, um, get it kind of set up in a way that it's not as hard to 
move as it has been in other years. I put brand new fresh Agrabon that he scored. These people like were like, come get these boards. And they gave him like some free Agrabon, never been opened, some weed barrier. Um, he just scored like a whole bunch of really cool stuff. Some planters from these people that were moving and they were just like, you can have all this other stuff. So I got fresh Agrabon. So my tip for Agrabon is buy a garbage can because, um, like we never really had anywhere to store it before. And the other, the old stuff that I bought years ago, it did last longer than I thought it would. It held up better, but in some places it's ripped more because like when we weren't using it, it, it just didn't get put away. So I got the fresh Agribond out this year. So I've covered the kale. I've covered my broccoli. I have some broccoli, so we're going to have some comparisons. I have a lot of experiments going this year. The places where, like, I put um, chicken fertilizer versus straw, or not chicken fertilizer, chicken compost versus our own compost. Like, we bought some chicken compost from some place out of Missoula that these people hauled up to Eureka. It was $85 a yard, but... Because we bought three yards of it, Mike put it all over a lot of the mini farm he was able to do. And then I was able to do like the irises that have never had anything in years. Um, it's going all around our fruit trees down in the orchard if I ever get time to get down there. Um, all of our bed, a lot of our beds, anywhere that we didn't have a place to put our own personal compost because we never have enough compost wipe. A tomato bed that has our compost and a tomato bed that has the chicken poop. So we're going to compare those. And I was able to get the Oregon spring tomatoes from territorial seed that Mike really likes because he said they have a shorter harvest. So we're hoping they're going to go red. I have 15 Roma tomato plants that I grew from tomato seeds this year that are growing so nicely. I think I'm going to get a lot of Roma tomatoes. I'm making sure they're getting lots of water. So hopefully I'm not going to have that tomato end rot this year. They have lots of marigolds because I planted a ton of marigolds. Mike planted the pollinator border around the mini farm this year. So it goes snapdragon, zinnia, marigold, and then there's like a little stretch of basil. Snapdragon, marigold, zinnia, stretch of basil. The basil hasn't really germinated, so I don't know what's up with that. I meant it to replant that, or if it's just slow going, or it needs this heat, if it's going to come up, um, if I should have grown it indoors instead of just sprinkling the seed outdoors. But I'm pretty excited about that. But the marigolds have been blooming. They're just huge. I can't believe how big our marigolds are. But the snapdragons and the um, zinnias are just about to start blooming. So I'm about to have a ton of color. Let's see. The purple rockets were the first things to bloom. The chives. We've had lots of purples. Harebells are just blooming this week. So these three things are all purples. And then I'm about to have some reds and yellows because my zinnias, my snapdragons the marigolds are yellow coming on so the bees are happy we went and bought bees from uh where was that guy from i don't know i went down to polson to get them um and erica went to polson and got bees this year so it's interesting we both went to polson and got bees 
Our hive is totally full of honey. Mike said it is like overflowing with bees and honey. He just put this again super on. If you follow me on Instagram, I think I posted the picture of him down there the other day putting the second super on. I don't know because I take all these pictures to post on Instagram and then post to the website and just I don't know what happens like I get in the house and then I'm overwhelmed with like trying to pick which pictures and upload them and plus like I'm tired and I don't know it seems like I take the pictures but do they get posted but I think they did and then Instagram shares them to Facebook I still have to go in and share them from the Facebook page to the podcast the Facebook podcast group which I haven't been so good about I've not been on Facebook at all I've barely been on Instagram um so I'm sorry if you're following me on social media um I haven't been the best there but let's see so radishes were harvesting salad Mike did an amazing job of um getting our volunteer salad that came back from last year to grow I have salad coming out my kazoo I keep thinking like I should be like selling salads or taking it to the farmer's market but I just haven't made it there what else can I tell you so anyway I did meet my goal of planting more snapdragons marigolds and zinnias so I hope you met your goal if you haven't started yet it's not too late pick one thing you want this year now is it too late lettuce it's hot in Montana I would think it's hot all around our country would be a hard one to get off the ground but maybe you could do it for the fall again we've had a lot of luck keeping things in shady spots keeping things on north slopes in north places putting things in the shade of other things putting um, pots in shade of trees or pots in shade of buildings keeping things in pots on my north porch here uh so my arugula bed I have in a north spot right off my kitchen I planted this giant tub so that's one of the things this um landscaping project I've been doing I've been talking to this person about um building a kitchen garden like her greenhouse is kind of the opposite Mike and I our garden I always talk about is at the bottom of the hill well her house is at the bottom of her hill and her greenhouse is at the top and I'm like you should put a kitchen garden and that's another book I just got today or yesterday late last night Amazon delivered was uh Nicole Burke's I finally broke down and bought my own copy of the um kitchen garden revival uh which is just a fantastic about um you know having a kitchen garden that's basically and I love the beginning of her book she talks about from here on out you're a gardener like just to start calling yourself a gardener you're going to be successful this is going to become a part of yourself like growing a kitchen garden is very different than like Mike's production mini farm the kind of our gardens is kind of a lot more like that I did um you know we do have beets which I'm not sure I would normally consider a kitchen garden maybe because the beet greens and then uh, the golden beets are so good in the winter I've really been missing the pickled beets so I have down here in this one garden a lot of um these cylindrical beets that Mike wanted because I think they're going to be easier for pickling 
Um, because in the winter, I like to put pickle beets on my salad and not buy tomatoes. Because who wants to eat a tomato from the grocery store? They just don't cut it. And, you know, processed tomatoes, they're great for salsa. They're great for tomato sauce. But you're not going to put it on your salad. But I like to put pickle beets on my salad. That's kind of my red. Um, I scored a bunch of red cabbage plants from Turpin Farm, from Judy down at Turpin Farmer's Market. So Mike's growing me a bunch of red uh, cabbages this year, which I'm hoping, I'm not quite sure how I'm going to store them, but I eat a lot of red cabbage on those glass jar salads. If you saw me on Instagram, I posted, I was amazed at how like taking a quart jar, I could keep a salad for a week. It would have like iceberg lettuce, red cabbage, I did buy the Roma tomatoes from the store, but I was surprised they didn't make it soggy. Um, and I would shred carrots, mostly Mike's carrots. Those we did have. I was able to store carrots through, uh, I think I just bought my first bag of carrots. I think I'm on my second bag of carrots I had to buy since last year. So we almost made it the whole year. Mike said his potatoes have more blossoms. He's never seen his potatoes have more blossoms. And the potatoes he planted, I didn't have to buy any potato starts this year. Um, he just planted the ones that I bought last year that he grew and sprouted in our kitchen. And so he just put those in the ground and he said they have more blossoms. So we'll see what comes up there. Um... I mean, it's just the garden, it, it was such a weird year because March was cold, April was super cold, May was still pretty cold, and then things, June is super hot, and things are just taking off like crazy. Like, I cannot believe how much stuff has grown in the last two weeks. So, uh, I don't know, happy 4th of July, everybody. Stay safe. Don't shoot any fireworks off in the woods. Um, check out these books. Great books from Chelsea Green Publishing. I mean, there's more books on my garden bookshelf from Chelsea Green Publishing, I think, than any other publisher except for maybe Rodale's. And now that there's no more Rodale's, Chelsea Green in Vermont, gotta love you. Um... I hope you have enjoyed season three. I think I only have four episodes in the bank besides Alan today. So I'm not sure what's going to happen there. I would love to talk to some more backyard gardeners. If you're a listener, if you're a backyard gardener and you want to share your journey, I think that'd be a great way to end season three. A lot of season three, I've started out talking to professional gardeners people have written books um because all these publishers sent me all these books to um do the reviews on amazon and people who just i've connected with that seem to have like more garden businesses do you feel like season three has been much more focused on more professional gardeners people who have been you know garden bloggers garden authors i would love to have some more people um, so if you are a backyard gardener and you want to share your story, I would love to talk to you and finish out season three with some, um, of your stories. Who are my listeners? Who's out there putting some of the stuff like Eileen 
into place. Who's going to be the golden listener of 2021? What's growing in your garden? Share with all of us. Tell us about your garden journey. I bet you have more to share than you think. I hope you've enjoyed um, season three. I am trying to be a better listener. I hope I have. I still feel like sometimes when I listen to some of these interviews, I'm like, would you just shut up how much... Like I look at the little um, bars and I'm like, do you see you're talking more than your guests? So I'm sorry if I did that. I don't mean to interrupt my guests as much. And I will try to make sure I focus more on what they're saying. Mike told me don't talk so much about politics. I don't know if I 100% agree with that. I think um, it's super important. We passed the Green New Deal if you haven't called your senator, I hope that you will. I called both of mine and said, go big and go green. Let's get this, um, what's it called? The uh, in- infrastructure bill passed. Uh, another book I've been reading is Elizabeth Warren's Persist. Um, super in love with her, too. Uh, I can relate more to Kamala than any of them. I didn't. Uh, what was her name? Amy Klobuchar. I couldn't even make it through the whole book. I really loved Kamala Harris's. I wish, uh, I wish I would have read it before the election, but, um, really, really happy with that one. The compassionate prosecutor. Um, I just think it's super important. We, uh, did you see Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez on Meet the Press this weekend? Did she rock the mic. I mean, she just wasn't going to let it go. She just wasn't going to let him, uh, take her off point. She just shared, you know, this is why we need to, you can say Democrats, we might lose the house in 2022. We might lose this Senate, but anything that we can get passed before then is probably going to stay because the policies that the Democrats put into place are popular. Why can't the Republicans overturn the affordable care act? Because it insured millions of Americans. It's good for people. Um, you know, people who have pre-existing conditions were able to get insurance. Elizabeth Warren's huge on child care. Who did I just talk to the other day that's having to have problems um, staying in school because of child care yet again? I have a friend whose son... Um, I remember when I was going to school at U of M had to drop out of student teaching because she couldn't file childcare from three 30 to four in the afternoon. And her school district would not let her boys be in her classroom with her because her contract said you work from eight to four and from three 30 to four, once school got out and there wasn't an after school program that they could go to and she couldn't have them home alone. And had to literally drop out of school student teaching. Just heartbreak. But who was it? There was another story I just heard about a, a child care, a parent struggling with child care just uh, recently having trouble going to school. And so th- this is the important parts of infrastructure bills. If we can get affordable child care through kids, um, preschool, kids going to preschool. I mean, preschool should be covered under the office of public instruction. When did I work at Head Start? 2007, 2008. And when I got done, I was like, 
this is like literally a form of segregation. We are offering preschool options for parents who um, come from poor socioeconomic. It should be an option for everybody. And those kids should have quality teachers. You're talking about child's very first experience. I cannot believe some of the damage I saw. I mean, Head Start is a great program and yes, there are definite advantages, but like I always thought preschool because my mom was a teacher that every kid, oh, we didn't need preschools. Kids need preschool. What are our kids doing during the summers this summer? If you can't afford to send your kids to summer camp, like last year during the pandemic, I guess maybe I was home and I saw how many of my kids were home without um, their parents were at work and my third graders were the older kid at home. I couldn't believe it. How many parents were having to leave their third graders home? I was like, what did these parents do during the summer? Or they had like a, even if they did have a high school sibling watching them, the sibling wasn't really watching them. And it's just, um, we need more options for parents, childcare for, you know, people are complaining, oh, why aren't these people going back to work? Well, what are moms that are watching their kids supposed to do? So, you know, I think our economy is going to come back quicker here. I think as um, people go back to work, I feel like Americans are being really impatient um, with things getting back on schedule. I think, as Alexandria Ocasio said, policies that the Democrats put into place once they get in there are, are such an improvement. Like what's the one that we're seeing now? The, um, the tax credit for, it's not a tax credit. It's a, a child care. Uh, there was a great interview on Hillary Clinton's podcast where she talked about that. She interviewed the mayor from Compton. She's like one of the youngest mayors in the United States down in Compton, California, outside of LA. And she talks about how she got the, um, like where you get like a basic minimum for your, if you have a child, like now they're doing this $300 thing where everybody's going to get directly deposited. If you got your stimulus check directly deposited, or you'll get a check for $300 for each of your kids just for having a kid just to kind of help you make ends meet in America because parents are struggling and kids shouldn't suffer because parents are struggling you know uh anyway Mike told me don't talk politics so I'm not supposed to be talking politics but it is the 4th of July coming up again I can't recommend enough Leah Penniman's Farming While Black Order Jesse Frost book that's coming out July 20th um, if you're interested in market farming. But again, his podcast, you don't have to be a market farmer to learn a ton from him about the no-till digging. Um, Alan Burgo's book's coming out today or tomorrow, getting released this week. Have a safe and happy 4th of July. Let's appreciate these freedoms we have. Let's take care of our planet and thank you so much for listening. So my mic says 35 minutes. Not too bad of a rant for me. Uh, I hope you've learned something. You guys seem to like these updates that I post. Like I said, they tend to get a lot of downloads. So um, if there's anything Mike and I can do, again, he's MikeScreenGarden at gmail.com. I'm ORGPodcast at gmail.com. Um, if you have any questions, 
uh, I generally monitor both emails better than I monitor Facebook or Instagram or anywhere on social media. Um, I, because of the podcasting thing where I have to like, if they email me, oh, did my, is my battery about to die? No. Um, I have to check my emails like four times a day. So that's definitely the best way to get a hold of me. Cause if a podcast comes through, I have to return it in 24 hours for the transcription job. That is pretty much the only podcasting job I'm doing right now. And, uh, I don't know. What else can I tell you? I hope, uh, you're enjoying season three again, backyard farmers. I would love to interview you and let's get growing. Do you know someone who would benefit from the Organic Gardener podcast? If you like what you hear, we'd love it if you'd share the Organic Gardener podcast with a friend. Thanks again for listening and remember, grow local.